Hello and welcome to the first episode of Why We Love, a film review podcast. My name's David. My name's Moxie. And this week we are going to be talking about Psycho 2. Yeah. The the first and, I'm going to say, the best of the Psycho sequels. I would agree. <laughs> but not but not the sequel with the best tagline because that is Psycho 3 oh what's that tagline I've forgotten it's the tagline well the tagline for Psycho 2 is something like it's like it's 22 years later and Norman Bates has come home mm. which is fine sets the yeah. plot up perfectly the Psycho 3 it's Norman Bates is back to normal but mother's <laughs> up her rocker again oh god that's right <laughs> Mother's off her rocker. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Which had me teed up for a much better film. Yeah, Psycho 3 is a choice. <laughs> it just feels like I, Psycho 2 again, but bad, with nuns. Yes, yes. and they totally go back on the, the, the twist, if you will, at the end of Psycho 2. They decide to disregard that. In terms of um, Norman's real mother. Oh yeah, that oh, that was a twist, not wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that when I first watched uh, Psycho Two. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say now, and this is a little late in the game, but there are spoilers. So if you haven't <laughs> seen this. <laughs> Like twenty plus year old movie. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little redundant, but uh, you're probably right. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> so when did you work? Uh, when did you first watch Psycho Two? I first well, I um, there, there was a podcast I listened to a, a while back, and it's since finished called Movie Maintenance. Right where people got films that they liked but thought there was something they could improve and would do an episode about it and one of them was the psycho franchise right the one person on there just would not stop about how brilliant psycho 2 was and i was like you know what to to inspire that much passion in someone there must be something to it so and that was why i watched it and then I watched the others afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. Psycho 2 was so good, so unexpectedly good that I thought, oh, I've been sleeping on all these sequels, I need to watch them. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I should have just stuck with Psycho 2. <laughs> yeah. That being said, Psycho 4, the beginning, isn't bad. I haven't watched that one in so long and I don't really remember much about it to be perfectly honest I mean it, um, it, it's obviously a made for TV movie like that comes across a lot that's right. it's not um, it's not Anthony Perkins is it no it, it, it is he's just but is? it's the, the framing narrative is that he's ringing into a radio studio and telling his story Yes, I do remember a bit of that one, yes. Yes, so Anthony Perkins is in it, but uh, most of it's this young version of Norman That's Bates. maybe what I was thinking of. 
it, it it's fine and if you literally just come off watching Psycho 3 which I had yeah oh, it's <laughs> so much better <laughs> so how did how did when did you first watch Psycho 2 how did that come um... out it was a few years ago now. I mean, I've been a huge fan of the original for years, um, but because none of the sequels are, were really talked about, I kind of assumed they were just rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, no one ever said, oh my God, have you seen? Um, so I just kind of dismissed them, to be honest. And then, I don't know, maybe five years ago or so, um, I read an article about it and I thought, good God, what have I been doing all my life? Yeah. <laughs> so I dug it out and I watched it and I was so stunned by how good it was. Um, I just wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting twists and turns and the sympathy that you feel for his character and it blew me away. Um, and then, of course, I, I watched Psycho 3 and 4, <laughs> and, you know, I'll never get that time back. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and so whenever anybody mentions it, I pounce on them <laughs> <laughs> so that we can have a good chat about just how bloody good it is. Yeah. <laughs> I And the thing about it as well, which is why it's it probably got overlooked is it has the very like unenviable position of being a sequel to an Alfred Hitchcock film yes it's it's those are huge shoes to fill yeah yeah but the thing is, and is, oh go on no. oh no sorry I was I was just gonna say um about the book which I haven't read I've I've read the original Psycho but I haven't read um the sequel ah, same here Right, okay. Um, but I know that it's quite different. Yes. Uh, the film that was actually released, which I think is quite interesting. Um, oh, hold and... on, which one? Sorry. The, the sequel book is different to the sequel film. Yes. That... Yes, yeah, I've... Yeah. Yeah, I believe um, Norman is bumped off quite early on in the book. Um, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's sort of a satire about Hollywood and it's preoccupation with blood and true crime and gore and exploitation yeah. and so uh, I, I understand that Universal Pictures were not too keen on filming that version no I think they told him at one point can you stop <laughs> <laughs> just stop man <laughs> know the room read the room <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I, I think that's quite interesting that it's it's so different from the book. But like I say, I haven't read it, so I, I you know, can't talk to that too much. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I haven't read the, the sequel book either. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the thing I and this is going to be a contentious Ooh. opinion to have, so you may. Double attack me through the medium of audio <laughs> what <laughs> oh boy I yes. think Psycho 2 and this is in no way trying to diminish the brilliance of Psycho 1 I know what you're going to say go oh. on say it say it <laughs> Psycho 2 is the better film 
Oh. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the one, of... which, actually. Go on, tell me, tell me why you think it's the better film. Oh, Defend oh. yourself. Do, do you want me to say the one bit that I think lets it down? Because it's Go right on. at the beginning. Doing the shower scene sequence again. Yes, I agree with that. It's unnecessary. Yeah, like, I know that's the bit. And if I'd seen the sequel at the time it came out, I mm. probably wouldn't have been so bothered by it being there again. Right. But because, like, I'm alive now, so have just seen people talk about it and overanalyze it over and over and over and over. Yeah. Do it again. I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but, but, okay. Is is this me defending myself now? Yeah. <laughs> the reason I think it's a better film. Yes. And I mean, oh, there's so much stacked against me as well because they that it was it was a film the studio wanted, mm-hmm. but Hitchcock wouldn't make. So they went to a guy who studied under Hitchcock and asked him to direct it. And they only did those steps after Hitchcock had died. <laughs> yeah. So there's that stacked against me. But it's that it's the original of Psycho is based on like a, a quite while I enjoyed it, quite an unpleasant book. Mm-hmm. And there were changes made that I think makes it a better film. And the twist, if you didn't know about the twist, yeah. is incredible. But, and this is no fault of the film, it's the fault of like me being awake, awake, sorry, alive. <laughs> in an era where Norman Bates is like a well-known pop culture statement um, not statement um, thing Icon Icon, that's it Um, (laughs) so I was aware of of the twist years before I'd even seen it or wanted to see it it's like yes there's like like three twists it's a sledge he's a ghost his mum's in the (laughs) cellar yeah so, and so while that twist twist is good, I was at, like I knew it was there. Yeah. But also, it's it's even if you take away the twist, it's a slasher movie. That's what it is. Mhm. Whereas the second one, it's about like a person trying to rebuild their life after. The, these horrible events which he caused but also at the same time he was also a victim of yes absolutely and the villain of the film isn't him mm. yeah the victims of the first film who can't who are unable and are unwilling to let Norman like live a life as a normal person he will always be to them the villain yeah and it's so like i found i thought it was so sad and right at the end when he meets his real mother clubbers her over the head with the shovel and she becomes the original mrs bates 
Yeah. That is such a sad moment. It's and tragic, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think it's because whereas like it where whereas it could have just been he comes out, everyone thinks he's normal, but then he's killing people and hiding it. Yeah. They could have just done a rerun of the first one. Yeah. They do something so different. And it, it, even though they did further sequels, it still feels like a end chapter to the story. Yes. Like, like a sort of he 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 was better and he could have been better, but yeah. In the end, he has been pushed back mm-hmm. to where he was, and the cycle begins anew. That that's why I think it's the better film. <laughs> <laughs> Even well, though its brilliance couldn't be there without the existence oh, of the first one. But, yeah. Yes, can't have one without the other. Yeah. But I absolutely agree, and I think that's why people... There are a lot of people who like Psycho 2, um, and I think that's probably the reason why, like you say, with the first film, the, the story, the Norman Bates whole thing, like you say, it's a pop culture um, moment, and you already know about the twist. But when I went into Psycho 2, I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea what was coming. Um, and because it surprised me so much, I think that is why you cling on to it and you go, good God, that was unexpected and brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's exciting and, uh, and, and tragic. So sad. Um, which is a weird thing to say about a murderer, but there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> We're clearly empaths. <laughs> um, but yeah, I th- I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't, oh, I don't know, you know. I don't know that I could ever say it's the better film. Just because I love Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that that's fair to me. I really do. I think he's an incredible director um, oh, yeah. and storyteller, which goes without saying. But yeah. Psycho Two is such a different beast, and managed to surprise me so much that it's just always got a place in my heart. Yeah. One it of helps. the things. Oh, go on. I was just to say it helps as well that like. Anthony Perkins can just do like like forlorn really well. <laughs> he does really feel for him. He's like a child almost yeah. trapped in a man's body. Um he's you really do feel for him. Not just because of um oh what's her name? Meg Tilly's character, who obviously she starts out in the film trying to manipulate him, then yeah. starts to feel guilty. Um, and so we're seeing it through her almost. Sorry, I'm waffling a bit here. Um, yeah. <laughs> All good. <laughs> but I feel like uh, even if we didn't have that character, Anthony Perkins put so much into Norman that you would feel empathy for him either way. Yeah. You can't not. He's such a fragile hurt desperate for affection yeah uh, and a guy um and speaking of meg tilly yeah are you are you gonna give me the fact that i wanted to give you because i thought it was interesting trivia oh go on go on oh you know 
Meg Tilly is, and this is just pure, just horror movie trivia. She's the sister of oh, Jennifer Jenna. Tilly, who plays yes, that. Tiffany in the Charles uh, Play. Yes, yes, I did know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a loser and I read IMDb pages like they're books. <laughs> To be fair, that's how I found out as well. <laughs> I love a trivia page. <laughs> a bit of useless knowledge. Um, Meg Tilly is a little bit wooden, I think, in the film. But um, she comes to... I think, I think it's around the time she starts to feel guilty. I feel like she's giving a little bit more. Yeah. Um, acting wise because in the beginning you're just a little bit like good god are you a robot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, emote <laughs> move your face come on yeah. but, it, is, um, it, it is just that thing of just like walk into a room say lines walk somewhere else yes um, but eventually either her style changes a little bit or I just get used to it I don't know but I was reading that um, she didn't have a great time during the filming Okay. Have you heard that? I haven't. Ah, well, apparently the rumour is that she was fairly unaware of Psycho as a, you know, the original film. Yeah. Her parents were quite um, strict. I'm not sure if it was a religious thing or something, but they, uh, they wouldn't allow television and movies and stuff like that. So she wasn't really aware of the cultural impact of Psycho. And okay. so when she met Anthony Perkins and there was all this press about him coming back to the character, she was a little bit like, what's the big deal? And I think she said that to the wrong person and it got back to Anthony Perkins, who was not impressed. But oh, she was not God. impressed. <laughs> so uh, allegedly that's that's part of the reason why she just didn't have a good time filming. I think she felt a little bit out of place. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you turn up to a like, and the the wait for the sequel as well, because they because they had to wait for the original director to die, it must have been <laughs> yes. like such a length of time that'd be such like an anticipated thing. And yeah, if you had, and if you had no knowledge about it, that god. It, <laughs> It must have been a bit strange for her because everyone was losing their shit, basically, that Anthony Perkins was coming back to play Norman Bates. Yeah. And she just didn't get the hype. She was like, what's what's going on? Why why this guy? What's the big deal? And oh, unfortunately, I feel so... just said it to the person. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> she was just an innocent, a young yeah. babe. She, she didn't know. A sweet summer child. <laughs> But um, yes, her character is quite interesting. I really kind of liked and enjoyed the element that uh, her character Mary and Norman share um, an overbearing mother. Yeah, I, I yeah. did like that because uh, Lila. Yes, Lila. Yeah, she is very and. It's probably intentional, but she's very like Mrs. Bates esque in the way she is. Yes, yes. Um, very uh, dominant. Yeah, and not a nice woman. 
I mean, you can you can empathise to a degree because it was her sister that was murdered, and you yeah. know the guy that did it is being let out, and yeah, I can understand that element of frustration. Yeah. But to actively go out of your way to send somebody insane, or rather, yeah. that's that's probably not the best way to put it. But but to try and intentionally trigger somebody and their mental health um, yeah. is just awful. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> Who does that? Pretty gross, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I I like that element that Norman is is battling his. Uh, his overprotective, well, maybe not overprotective, but his <laughs> his overbearing mother, yeah. and she has that same, uh, not same relationship, obviously, but similar dynamics in play. Yeah, and I think as well with um, oh, was, was it Mary? Did you say? Yeah, Mary is Meg Tilly's yeah. character. Yeah. Mary, like. You can tell she kind of is unsure of the plot when the first time that she stays at the Bates Motel, she really doesn't want to. Yeah. But she does in the end because Norman says he's so afraid of being there alone. Yeah. Like, I thought that was, like, just... It's a nice touch, isn't it? Yeah. The vulnerability not... of both of them. Yeah. You know, she doesn't know if he's a murderer. He might kill her in her sleep. Yeah. He's terrified that, you know, mother is going to come back. Yeah. Um, and do God knows what. So they're both in a really vulnerable place. Yeah. Um, which, again, is unexpected. You don't expect that kind of... From, from both characters. Particularly if you think that Anthony Perkins is both at the beginning of the film, the protagonist and the antagonist. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, because that does. Because we think yeah. he's he's probably killing these people. Yeah. But he's also the, not the hero, but the, the protag who we're following. Yeah. So for a moment there, it's like he's playing both parts and we're feeling sympathy for him. It's so complex. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I like films that do that to you, that make you really empathise with someone that you shouldn't. Yeah, um, well, well I, I find with horror films they do that a lot. I know, in like in in slasher films generally, there is the final girl, and that's the person whose our affection is supposed to switch to. Yes, but I but for the I I think anyway, and this I I don't know whether me this is just me being a twisted individual or not. Yes. Is for the first bit, it's like the final girl who's lovely, and then you have her surrounded by just the most awful friends. So yeah. you're very much on Jason, Michael, Freddy, whoever the bad guy is. Oh, just, absolutely. Just absolutely. They're awful people. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was bullied a lot at school, so I feel a tremendous yeah. amount of righteous fury when awful teenagers get murdered yeah. by psychopaths. It's very cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> it's why I hated um, Fantasy Island. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's it, it's a it's a Blumhouse one, and uh, it's the new one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very much a discussion for another time, but. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, it's in my to-watch list, so uh, I'll have to let you know when I see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it's it's interesting having that that vulnerable character who we feel empathy for, but we know is a murderer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He did yeah. it, but he is a victim at the same time. So it's all wrapped up in this complex little bubble that I just love. Yeah, it's it, it it's very smart. I, I yes. think. It, yeah, it is smart. Um. Uh, 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 oh yeah, a, a random bit of trivia to just insert in here. Yeah. Um, I believe that Christopher Walken was apparently the first choice to play Norman Bates in Psycho 2. Okay. <laughs> I've stunned you with silence, that's right. Christopher so, Walken. Okay, there's two things. <laughs> One, <laughs> they wanted to replace Anthony Perkins. I know, right? <laughs> Feels like a sin. <laughs> and two, they were going to replace him with Christopher Walker. Right. How strange and unusual. Um, apparently, the story goes, I don't know how reliable this story is, but the story goes that Anthony Perkins wasn't keen to play Norman Bates again. I can't, okay. remember, can't quite remember why, whether it was just a, look, I've done it. It's a one and done. I'm not going back to it. Or if it was maybe a health issue or a family thing. I, I really don't know. I can't remember the details. But the, the story goes he didn't want to do it. So they approached Christopher Walken to do it. He was up for it. But then Anthony Perkins decided, no, I am Norman Bates. I'm going to be Norman Bates again. That, no, enough. I'll do it. I'll sign up. And uh, yeah, that's that's the story. <laughs> Is there a rivalry between like Christopher Walker and Anthony Perkins? <laughs> something have we uncovered something? <laughs> yeah, because I know Thingy, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone used mm -hmm. to hate each other. Yes, and that's right. One of my favourite bits of trivia was that Arnold Schwarzenegger got his agents to put out a press release saying that he was um considering uh, being the lead role in a uh, a comedy film, and I can't remember what the film's called. And uh -huh. Sylvester Stallone saw it and went, "Oh, not on my watch!" And got his agent <laughs> to get him the role, and he got the role. And it was a terrible film that got panned. And Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't want it. He wanted Sylvester Stallone to get it. Oh, fantastic! I love bits of juicy gossip like that. <laughs> So I wonder if that was it. There were someone behind the scenes was like, "Ah, oh, let's let's tell let's tell Anthony that Christopher Walken's going to do it or hate that." Yeah, that really took him off. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of the Rob Zombie thing when um, he did his Halloween remake, and they approached him to do Halloween two, and he said no because he'd had such a terrible time making the first film, and he oh, was just miserable. Yeah, he hated it because oh. there was so much uh, studio interference. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he had a miserable time making it. So he said, no, I'm not going to do Halloween 2. Yeah. And then they had somebody else in mind. I can't think who off the top of my head. Um, but when Rob Zombie thought about it, he was like, actually, no, screw you. This is the universe I've created. I'll come back and do Halloween 2 just because he didn't want anybody else to mess about in his universe that he had made. Um, Fair enough. 
yeah i i i can relate to that feeling you know yeah. of saying no to something the sensible option is to say no i'm, I'm not going to go back yeah. and do this but then somebody else is attached and suddenly you get this sense of who do you think you are no yeah. no this is mine <laughs> i'm that character or, or that's my film i made this i'm gonna carry it on so uh, i get it but uh, christopher walken can you even imagine can you even imagine what psycho 2 would look like with him I can, and it amuses me great. <laughs> right? I mean, he can play, this is so off topic, but he can play a vulnerable, you know, broken, sort of wounded person, a bit like in uh, The Dead Zone, for example. Yeah. Um, brilliant film. Uh, so so he can do that, but, but I still can't quite picture him as Norman Bates. I think Anthony Perkins does such a brilliant job of portraying that character that nobody else could really take over from it. Yeah. It, although that being said, the character of Norman Bates, deep mm. within, deep within Norman Bates is Norman Bates' mother. Yes. And in is it Pulp Fiction? Christopher Walken plays a man with a watch. Oh, that's right. Very deep inside him, so <laughs> he can play characters. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian doll of characters, something within yeah. something. <laughs> so, okay, Christopher, this time you have an aged, bitter woman buried inside you, not a watch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so tempted to try and do a Christopher Walken impression, but I'm terrible at them, so I won't. <laughs> I've got a terrible one as well, and I've been resisting the urge. <laughs> for the We're going to have to try it. <laughs> I, I can't. It's, I, I will not commit that to audio. It's one of those things that if I'm drunk, I can come out with it like that, and it's perfect. <laughs> but only once. I can never replicate it. It's just that one off the cuff, and it's it's Christopher Walken, and everyone goes, oh my god. <laughs> but I can never replicate it. <laughs> A useless talent. Um, uh, so yeah, sorry, I took us off on a tangent there. It's fine. Any tangent with Christopher Walken's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, something else that I was going to mention about the film, which I thought was quite interesting. Yep. You may disagree, I don't know. Okay. Um, but considering that Psycho is often cited as the film that started off the slasher subgenre, if you will. Yeah. Um, which really came into its own in the 80s, I think Psycho 2 came out at just the right time in terms of the special effects that they used uh, for the kills, because they were really inventive. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just getting a stab in the stomach or, you know, something simple. You've got the knife people... Oh, Go God. on. The, the <laughs> knife through the mouth. Yes! particularly good right so well done and i just think it's interesting that the 80s were such a big decade for slasher movies and for special effects um yeah and and the two of them just worked so well because they're not they are I suppose a little bit over the top but they're not ridiculous these kills no they're they're just kind of fantastic and inventive yeah and 
I, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting that of all the times, I mean, I know they were waiting for Hitchcock to, to die to do this, <laughs> but of all the times that a sequel could have come out, I think uh, 1983 was a perfect time. Yeah. Although I believe it was up against Star Wars when it was released. Uh, the third one, Jedi. Oh. Uh, is that right? I'm just, perhaps I'm talking nonsense, but I swear um, it was released in the summer up against uh, Return of the Jedi. Which must have been difficult. <laughs> yeah. That being said, though, Psycho 2 is the much better film. <laughs> oh, controversial. I, I I just, as soon as those words left my mouth, I just thought, this is a podcast. What have that, I done? That I'll upload into the internet. <laughs> well, I will With my feel- name attached to it, and I've just said, by the way, <laughs> yeah. guys, third Star Wars, suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> Troll. <laughs> Um, well, I will make you feel a little bit better about that statement because okay. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Like, I like it. It's yeah. great. It's good fun. I enjoy it. But I'm not a hardcore Star Wars fan. I am married to a fairly hardcore Star Wars fan, though. <laughs> oh, right. So, so the angry tweets are just going to be angry conversations <laughs> when you walk into the next room. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to hear a, a faint echo of a man in another room in this house shouting. <laughs> But actually, I think he would maybe agree and say that Empire is better. But I, I'm not the right person to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, like, with you, I think. I'm, like, I do enjoy it, and I will see them. But, mm, absolutely. But my my enthusiasm for them has really dried up. And, yeah. like, uh, Rise of Skywalker was kind of the last just... Oh, just, you're not a fan of the the newer ones. It just pushed me into the, the the realm of ambivalence. I liked the new ones. I just didn't like the way love... they ended it. I right. thought they made some choices. That was a. It was that they ignored the Last Jedi. I was just like it, but it didn't sit right with me. Given yeah, all the stuff surrounding that. That's fair enough. This might be a, a good topic for another podcast because I, as I say, not a huge fan, but I do have quite strong feelings about the new films and about the fandom kicking off about the new films. Yeah, uh, that uh, we could really get into. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that that'd be a good. It'd be interesting. I n- I never really talk about Star Wars, so you know, it'll be an idiot's guide. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, ridiculous views about the films you cherish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is the tag one. That is the tag <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but, um, but back to Psycho 2. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, that's right, about the special effects and everything. It being a great time to come out, but it was up against Star Wars. I think it did pretty well at the box office. I don't think it was a runaway hit. But I think they did all right. We it, it, it did well enough to warrant one more sequel that came out theatrically. I, mm. I think the third one came out theatrically, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking through my notes here. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, the tragedy. The the moment towards the end of the film when uh, Mary takes on the costume of Mother to try and snap Norman out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, is so sad because she ends up, like, stabbing him, I don't know, two, three, four times, and he's just coming in for a hug. Yeah. Even though this woman is stabbing him, he's that... still desperate to be close to his mother. Yeah. That's... It's so tragic. <laughs> like, from the moment she puts that, like, that dress on at that point, it esc... I mean, I know this, this has been a meme, but... It escalated so quickly. Yes. <laughs> like, it took a turn. <laughs> oh, the guy sneaks up behind her, she murders him. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, she, she thinks Norman's going to kill her, so she's yeah. trying to fend him off, and then she sees the body of her ma. Yeah. And thinks Norman's doing it, and... Yeah. And then the cop... Who is it that somebody shoots her? Is it the cops turn up? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah that's... She, yeah, she stabbed the doctor. Um, yeah. So it's just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Um, but I just thought it was so... It's such a... It's just such a moment seeing him reaching out to her and being so... Just desperate to be close to his mother, to, to touch her, to to just be around her and, and she's stabbing him at the same time and it's oh complex yeah. man complex yeah. stuff yeah it's yeah it's, it's that it's it's one of those heartbreaking moments from from it it is isn't it oh that stunned us into silence yeah um, <laughs> so we should the twist at the end yeah. When we discover that Norman's mother is really the woman at the diner who we meet at the beginning of the film. Yes. I mean, I just did not see that coming. I, I, I was know. Like, what? What is happening here? And then she sits down and she tells him the story, which again, tragic. She yeah. had him young. She's a young mother. She's got mental health issues. She's institutionalized. And Norman just snaps. I guess, yeah. and I—I I mean, this is just my interpretation, but I feel like he thinks, okay, she's my mother. Mother is back. I have to kill her now because then she can stay with me forever. Yeah, I—I I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, because when when I think about it for an extended period of time, mm. I don't know, like, why he, why he would have killed her. Yeah. Because I know with like the his original the the Mrs. Bates that we we're aware of, yeah, like he keeps her around through a desire to keep her alive. Yes. So why would you kill your real mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless it um, was because he does it's he doesn't want. Like an actual mother, he wants the the emblematic mother that he creates, like within himself. Yes, yes, I think that's a fair um, analysis of that. I mean, I don't think he kills her out of anger or anything like that. I think 
No. It's literally, he wants to replace Mrs. Bates. Yeah. And, and this is the woman who's perfect to do it because she is technically his, his birth mother. And yeah, it's literally just a replacement. He, I'm not sure why he changes his mind from poisoning to smacking her with a shovel. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because she's poisoned tea. She's, she's would have done on the <laughs> I'm not sure about why the shovel is involved. But I, I do think it's literally a replacement. He wants her dead so that he can mummify her up and put yeah. her in the rocking chair in upstairs and life will go back to normal as he sees it. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's... I mean, the the ending, which mm-hmm. is brilliant, is that when he stands on the steps and there's the silhouette of Mother in the window and yeah. it starts fading back to black and white. Yeah. That's a ending. Yeah. It, um... Yeah, and, and it was just such a surprise. Yeah. I just see it coming. I assumed that either um, Norman was doing the murdering and denying it to himself. Yeah. I thought that maybe it was Miss uh, Mary's mother. Um, oh, God, I've forgotten her name. Lila? Lila, yeah. I, for a while you're like, oh, okay, it's this Lila character that's bumping people off. Yeah. And then maybe at some point in, you, in the film you think, I wonder who it's going to be. It'll be somebody unsurprising. So, well, not unsurprising. It'll be somebody we don't expect. Yeah. And then you kind of forget that you've thought that, and the end comes along and you go, what? This is brilliant. Yeah. Because I assumed... Oh. oh no, go on. Oh, I assumed when Lila was saying to Mary, oh no, I haven't killed anyone. It was actually she had and she was just lying, so Mary would carry on going along with it. Yes, yes. Um, I did not see it coming that it would be the little old lady from the diner. Yeah. The, the, the lady from the diner, because that's got me thinking actually. <laughs> she. On. You know, on the, I don't know what they're called, but the, the little wheel that has the orders attached to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's the bit, there's like a note for, which says, kill kill the whore mother. Yeah. On it. Now, I wondered about that. Was that meant to be Mary had done it, or was that meant to be him just imagining it? Because it could have been either. It could have been either. And then when it was I revealed s- that he had another mother, I was like... Was it her? <laughs> <laughs> I suspect it was her, seeing as she works at the diner. She yeah. had perfect opportunity. <laughs> I've gone into Poirot mode. She had the opportunity. She had the motive. Um, so I, I suspect it was her leaving the notes, particularly at the at the diner. Um, but I had forgotten that she existed. And when she turns up at the back door, I was like, oh, yeah, you. Yeah. And then it all just comes out, and yeah. then it's over. <laughs> it's such a... They've pulled the rug out, and you're still dazed and confused, and... <laughs> yeah. But in such a good way, not in a, not in a terrible, I'm confused, I don't know what's happening kind of way. It's all there. Um, it's just quite a stark ending, really. Yeah. Um, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like a bit of bleak stark endings that make you go oh that was dark <laughs> yeah it, it is a as bleakness goes it's a, it's a good bleak ending 
It, it is a it's a cozy bleak ending. Yeah, he like he like sits sits with you a bit. Just... Yeah, and I like that. I like films that make you sit and think for a little while after the film's over, or even days later. You yeah, still think it. that's great. Um, so what else do we want to talk about? Oh, we should mention the score, maybe. Jerry Goldsmith taking over from, um, um, oh, God, what's wrong with me? I want to say Bernard. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm Uh, I'm not good with scores, to be honest. I want to say Herman Bernard. It's not Bernard, but it's, oh, God, how embarrassing. (laughs) But anyway, the man who did the score, who everybody knows... We all know his name. I've just spaced on it momentarily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was such an iconic score, particularly the the moments uh, in the shower and um, in the car at the beginning when Marion is is on the run. Yeah. Um, the score there is, I mean, it's just iconic. It's the sort of thing that stays with you. Um, and I think um, Jerry Goldsmith was an excellent choice um, for Psycho 2. Yep. It just it just worked perfectly. I know that he wrote a score that they originally dismissed and has turned up in a different film. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I wish I could remember what the film was. Um, oh, God, no. I can't think what it is. But but his score, for his original Psycho 2 score is used in another film. I'll have to find out and I'll tell is you what it, it is. Is it Reanimator? don't think it's reanimator i think it's something a little bit later because i know the opening credit theme for reanimator is the opening credit theme from psycho but with a couple of extra yeah bits stuck in yeah it's like a little homage i haven't watched reanimator in yonks i might do that nice very good (laughs) it is good um yeah but uh, yeah, I think that Jerry Goldsmith did a really good job um, with the with the score. Um, it just worked really well with everything and helped make it feel like that weird, cozy but mysterious vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to have a think about anything else that I wanted to to talk about yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I think I think I've covered most of my notes okay yeah um, but in summary <laughs> I would say um, my conclusion is that Psycho 2 is excellent, well worth watching, and is a lot deeper than you might imagine. There's a lot of stuff to dig into if you so choose. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You can just sit back and watch it and be like, yeah, that was really good. Next. Or you can sit and watch it and really think about what the film is trying to do in terms of making you feel sympathetic towards someone who's a murderer and someone who's being intentionally triggered into mental illness 
um, and sort of toxic relationships between parents and their children. And there's there's a lot to unpack if you want to. Yeah. But if you don't want to and you just want to kick back and watch a good movie, Psycho 2 will do the trick. Yep. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just worth watching. I highly recommend it. Do you want to, to round this whole thing off? Give it a star rating? Oh, a star. Oh, did you say a scar rating? I, or star? I, mean, we can, I, I said star, but we can call it a scar rating if you want. Because <laughs> I heard scar and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Um, out of what, five? Yeah. Okay. Out of five, I would give it a solid. Let me think about this before I commit fully. I'm going to say a solid four out of five. Okay. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is that would make me push it to a five. <laughs> but I do. I would say a solid four out of five. Okay. For, what about um, you? I I'd have to agree. Four out of five. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you might have tried to fight me for that fifth star. Go, no, Moxie. Come on, what are you thinking? <laughs> Give it the extra star. But... Um, no, I, I'm not going to try and force you up to the, the five stars. It, <laughs> it's, it's a very good film, and as horror sequels go, it, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Definitely. But, um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, no film's really perfect, but by the same token, it's not a film that is so special to me that I will like defend it and be and like, there were no flaws. <laughs> so yeah, but four, four stars is a, a respectable and realistic number, I think. For... I think so. I think so. Like you said, I do, I don't particularly it's not like a film i grew up with so yeah uh, i don't have that true affection for it i suppose but um i'll still defend it i still think it's great and i love it and uh yeah i think four out of five stars is um yeah pretty fair i think yeah and it's a film that because it's so long long ago now i think like this era is the the sort of time where like the reevaluating of stuff can happen and oh definitely that that's one that should be reevaluate reevaluated because it's it it's too good to be like lost in yes with the other ones <laughs> yes it's too good to be uh yeah shelved along with those and um as you were saying, like, you know, things being reevaluated, I think that's probably how I cottoned on to the film in the first place. I'm sure it was an article on, I don't know, Little White Lies or one of those uh, websites that mentioned yeah. it. And um, thank goodness they did, because otherwise I would have just gone on the rest of my life just assuming it was rubbish because nobody talked about it. Yeah. Um, and because you just assume it was made in the 80s and not that there's nothing wrong with 80s films at all, but no. there's just that hesitation, I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I would always recommend people uh, go check it out. Yeah, and I know I would. In, and in terms of 80s, 80s horror sequels and 
one of and the one I'm about to mention, I have I loved ever since I like first watched it, and I watched it quite by accident. Nice. Um, uh, there has now been a documentary made about it, and that is Nightmare on Elm Street Two. I oh, love like- that film. <laughs> I love that film too. I watched the documentary the other week. Yeah. Um, Scream Queen. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Um, I haven't yeah. watched the documentary yet. That's one of the reasons I'm subscribing to Shudder, is just for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely worth it. Definitely. Um, oh, and it's, it occurred to me actually with Anthony Perkins why he may not wanted to have done it. Mm-hmm. Being typecast. Yeah. yeah because I don't know much, or, and when I say much, I mean pretty much anything about his post psycho career. But the, the one thing I know he was in was a failed pilot for a TV show called Ghostwriter. Oh. And I don't it's, think I've heard of that. It's, it's all on YouTube. And it's like very old, like crummy quality. Mm. But it's he he plays like a Stephen King type. He's he's a horror writer, and um, his his previous wife has died, so he's remarried. So you've got him and his creepy son, and then these like um, his new wife, and they're like sweet innocent daughter moving and hilarity ensues <laughs> the whole the casting of him just seems to be like oh you're Norman Bates can you make these vaguely creepy one liners yeah um, yeah I can I can appreciate that not wanting to be typecast and always being seen as Norman Bates and never being given a chance to really I suppose stretch your wings as an actor um, so I can understand his hesitation but I also appreciate the fact that he wouldn't want anybody else to take over that character oh yeah definitely yeah Um, yeah. and I I think he does some of his best acting actually in Psycho 2 just again in terms of that um, fragility and vulnerability and all these different little layers that he brings to the character that weren't necessarily there in the original but have been built upon since then Um, and that's also partly the writing Um, it's not just him but it is a large part of it yeah I mean yeah it's a a a two part thing because if you if you have a good actor even some of the worst dialogue can sound passable (laughs) oh yes (laughs) yes Depending on the actor, we'll forgive a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as a horror fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some terrible stuff out there, but if it's got a certain actor in it, then, you know, you're in. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, there are, there are certain actors that... Oh, they could come out... Well, they could be in just the most awful, awful stuff, and I'll be like... Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it begrudgingly. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be a completist. <laughs> yeah. Rampage was one. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Was that the one with um? Is that the the monkey one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like a baboon, crazy baboon. It's. it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that was the working title. For it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy baboon mad monkey madness. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> And the way I said baboon tickled me. <laughs> it tickled me. <laughs> I went a bit Mary Poppins or something. Very posh. It was a baboon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh. So, four out of five stars <laughs> for Psycho 2. Um, is that, that was what, sorry? Did you say something? Oh, I said, so <laughs> it was my feeble attempt to get back to what we were saying, which was four out of five stars for Psycho 2. Oh, that's right, yes. Sorry. Professional hat back on. <laughs> uh, yes, four out of, I concur. Four out of five stars. <laughs> which it, which it, it is nice for the first episode that we not only agree in broad strokes about the film, but we agree with the star rating. Yeah, that's quite cool. And as the episodes go on, I imagine <laughs> that will start to change. That will change somewhat, I assume, yes. <laughs> but hey, that's that's good podcasting, that is. That's it good is. content. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well... That, that wraps up everything for Psycho 2. Unless you have any last minute, like, last minute trivia that you want to throw in. Oh, damn you, if only I'd prepared. <laughs> um, um... <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> if I throw for last minute trivia, there is no pressure to have any. <laughs> okay. I just didn't want to, like, cut it off and then that, yeah. you'd be there with, like, well, I've got ten pages of notes and I made for nothing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um no, no, I think uh I think I'm all I'm all done. All all talked out on uh, on Psycho 2, I think. Okay. Well, in that case, um shall we tell everyone? Ah, uh, yes. About episode 2. I think we should. I think oh. it's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> Am I introducing it? Are you introducing it? I... I was gonna... You, you can introduce it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, pressure's on. Uh, so, for episode two, we have decided that we will discuss the 2019 remake of Black Christmas. A controversial title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to that in so much as and I've made some notes on it and I noticed that as the film progressed every time I'd written down as a prompt point for myself um, and I don't know how to pronounce his name so correct me if I say it wrong Carrie Alwes? I think that is how you pronounce it Right, well 
the first scene he's in, I wrote down his name. I was like, that's a good... And every time he was in it, I would go back and just underline his name a bit more. <laughs> I love it when he turns up in a film. He's fantastic. He's so good. Isn't he? And you buy it, regardless of whether he's being a villain or a hero or whatever. You, you're just in. You're like, okay, yes. I buy it. Tell me more. I'm going to level with you. I've only seen him in uh, films where he's been a villain. Ah. Ah, I see. Um, what's uh, The Crush? That's a good 90s thriller that he was in where he's the good guy. Oh, and okay. uh, Alicia Silverstone is the um, somewhat saucy teenager that has a crush on him. Oh, okay. Yeah, she... and it's it's kind of twisted and, and great. <laughs> okay, I will look out for that. She hasn't been in much stuff recently, Alicia Silverstone. I don't think Or at least if she has, I haven't, you know, it's not crossed my... Um, uh, radar of course like yeah it could be that she's in something but it's just not my my thing so I haven't heard about it but yeah as far as I know she hasn't done a whole lot I think she had a cooking book or a bakery book out okay. a few years ago so maybe she's gone down a bit of a Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> route oh God. of yeah of health, <laughs> health and fitness and <laughs> doing weird things to your bits <laughs> uh, which nobody needs nobody needs if you're listening at home just leave your bits alone don't don't, don't mess about with them all right they know what they're doing crazy so i, th I think she might have gone down that route but i could be wrong <laughs> no shade alicia if you're listening <laughs> So after that public health announcement, <laughs> um, yes, Black Christmas, the 2019 feminist masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. and, I'm looking, um, and I'm looking forward to that because I have seen that film, so I can talk about that film. But the yeah. other, the other two, the first remake yeah. and the original, haven't seen them. So okay. this is this new one was very much is my first. My first Black Christmas, so there'll be a, like there'll be there may be things in there that you would have noticed that I didn't, depending on how. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, there were a few homages to the original and to the remake. Okay. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to uh, to talk about. I've got a lot to say about it, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> um, so yes. Looking forward to doing uh, episode two. Okay. Um, well, that was Psycho 2. Next time we're doing Black Christmas. That that about covers everything. So, <laughs> should we sign off? <laughs> sure. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Moxie. <laughs> this has been um, David. And um, we hope you tune in next time. Yes, please, please tune in next time. <laughs> and don't at me about Star Wars. I don't care. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>